Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Frontier from American English with this guy. And in this English lesson, we are going to visit a used car lot. Now, the first thing you might be wondering is, Brent, what the heck is a used car lot? So let's talk about that. A used car means that somebody has already owned it. And in fact, in the United States, you'll often hear pre-owned car. So pre, that prefix, it means before. So it means cars have been owned before, but other people want to buy them now. So I am right now in a used car lot. Lot, that's just a place where cars are kept. You might have a parking lot in front of a store, in front of a mall, but here we're at a used car lot. Now the first thing you might be asking, or I should say the second thing you might be asking is, Brent, where are all the cars? Well, this is a used car lot right near a very busy road, but this car lot is actually moving down the street, which is why there aren't too many cars here in this used car lot. But we'll take a look at a couple and learn some vocabulary words that you might use if you're buying a used car or even a new car. The first vocabulary word I wanna teach you is golf cart. It's actually two words, golf cart. It looks like this. And many used car lots have golf carts because often the lots are so big, you need a golf cart to get around a little bit more quickly. The next term I'd like to teach you about used car lots is the showroom. Now the showroom is behind me. I can't go in there because they're playing music and YouTube doesn't like it when I use other people's music. But a showroom is often where you'll find a salesperson talk about that one in a minute and also you'll find refreshments you often wait there to meet with a salesperson so let's talk about salesperson and refreshments this road is a little busy isn't it is it too loud somebody's actually working on a car over there so you might run into a lot of noise on a car lot too but salesperson if we were talking a couple years ago you might hear the term salesmen or salesman, but it's been changed to salesperson. Guess who those people are? They're the people that might sell you a car. Salesperson is the new term just because salesman sounds too much like it only could be a guy who could do the job. The next term we could talk about is refreshments. You will find refreshments inside a showroom because a lot of times it takes a long time to buy a car, so the refreshments will be there to help you wait. You might see coffee or tea or maybe a few light snacks. Nothing big, they're not gonna cook a meal for you, but you might be able to get some chips and a coffee while you wait. Right above me, 
is a fake owl. And I think the reason they have a fake owl in the used car lot is because they don't want other birds coming around and going to the bathroom on the cars. They would have to wash the cars often. But this, uh, this owl, it prevents birds from flying around here and pooping on the cars. You might notice I have my backpack on because my car is actually being worked on here. So sometimes a used car lot will also fix cars that you've bought. So I bought my car a couple years ago and it needs to have some work done to it. So oftentimes the used car lot has the experts, the mechanics who can fix your car, but because they know so much about cars, it usually costs a little bit more money to have your car fixed at the used car lot. Remember that term showroom from earlier? The reason it's called the showroom and not a waiting room, it could be, but oftentimes they have cars inside that they wanna show you, like literally parked inside the showroom. Uh, this one, because they're moving to a different lot, they don't have any, but I do want you to know about another term for showroom, and that is customer lounge. Customer lounge, can you see that right there? Customer lounge. While your car is being worked on, it's another place that you can wait. They still have refreshments inside there too. All right, the sign right here, it says, for your convenience, early bird night owl service. Sometimes if a car is going to be worked on the next day, you can leave your keys right here so the mechanics can open your car and fix it. So if you're really early in the morning, might call that an early bird. If you're really late after they have closed, it might be night owls. So you can leave your keys right there for your convenience. Convenience, it's a, it's a word that just means it's a little bit easier. In the United States, we have convenience stores. I think I've done, I think I've done a lesson from a convenience store. It just means it's a smaller store. You can go in there really quickly and get some of the things you need. They don't have all of the things, but they probably have the important things like milk, eggs, butter, convenience. Another thing you might do at a, a used car lot or a pre-owned vehicle lot, just so many syllables for that name, pre-owned vehicles, uh, is you can take them for a test drive. A salesperson will come out of the lounge, maybe with a set of keys, they might ask you, hey, do you wanna take this on a test drive? On the test drive, you can see how do the brakes work. The brakes, those are the things that stop the car. Very important. How are the tires? How does the car ride? Is it a bumpy ride? Is it a smooth ride? Test drive, before buying any vehicle, you should definitely take it on a test drive. Wanna know a random word that has nothing to do with cars or used car lot? Right down here, it's a barrel. It's a barrel that probably had a plant at one time, but since these guys are moving up the street, they probably didn't plant any new plants. I'm standing right next to this truck and, and guess what? It is for sale, but it's not pre-owned. Looks like it's brand new. It's a uh, Toyota Tacoma. I found that out by looking at this sticker right here. 
Yeah, it's a 2021, so we would call this a new car. Maybe this is a new car lot. No, I, I've bought two cars from this lot and I know it's pre-owned, but they do have a uh, brand new car here. Did you see the price? Guess how much a truck like this costs? Just about 30,000 American dollars. Way too expensive for me. All right, let's take a walk down here where it's a little quieter. But let's say you wanted to buy that car for $30,000, but you didn't have $30,000. Let's talk a little bit about money. You could get a loan from a bank. You could get a loan from a bank. That's, that's the noun, a loan. The bank would loan you money. And that's the verb. Now, what's the difference between give and loan? Because the bank is going to give you money. That's if you have good credit. We could talk about credit. Um, you probably have something similar in your language. If you have good credit, that means you don't owe any money. Um, man, this is getting more, it's, it's always hard to talk about money. I did make a, a vocabulary lesson on money, but the loan is different from giving you money because you have to pay it back. The bank will give you a loan for $30,000. You might not have $30,000 in your pocket. So what you'll do is you'll pay the bank a little bit back each month for that $30,000. And they are going to charge you interest. Interest is the little bit of money that it costs for the bank to give you all of that money at once. Usually people take out car loans for three or five years in the United States, probably something like in your country, I would imagine. Let's say you owe a lot of money, which means you need to pay a lot of people back. In the United States, a lot of people get in trouble with credit cards. They have debt. That's the money you owe people, debt. It has a B in it, not sure why. But if you owe a lot of people money, credit cards and banks, that means you don't have good credit and it will probably be difficult for you to get a loan from a bank. So did you see that sticker? It said used vehicle buyer's guide. Used vehicle buyer's guide. I am filming this in 2021, the year 2021. And this car was built in 2017, which means it's a used car. It's so used that uh, there's a cobweb on the side mirror. I'm not sure if the camera picks that up, but we call this a, a side mirror. And a spider has built a cobweb on that side mirror. I don't know if this thing is for sale or not, but we would call this a, an RV or a camper, right there. RV or a camper. Let's see if this is for sale. It does look like it has a, a sticker. Uh, oftentimes uh, a car doesn't have a price tag. We would say it has a sticker, but uh, I don't see really. I 
I don't see a price on this. It is a Toyota though, which makes me think you could buy it, but um, I don't know why you would want to. It's, it looks pretty old. Some people call these RVs or campers Winnebago's. So you might hear all three terms. Oh, let's see if it's locked. Oh my gosh, it's not locked. I don't, somebody might be living in there. Okay, let me shut that. Um, it doesn't look like it's been driven in a while though. And it does have a, it does have a sticker. Uh, I would love to go inside and explore that and teach some English in there, but I, I don't want to wake anybody up if they're sleeping. There's also sometimes security that goes by on the golf cart, so I don't want to get in trouble from them. They didn't see me open that door, but uh, security, those are the people who make sure that nobody is stealing any cars, and they often ride on golf carts too as you just saw. I'm standing next to a bigger truck now. It's called a uh, Toyota Tacoma, I think it was. Ooh, it's actually not for sale anymore because it looks like there's a sticker on the windshield that says it's been sold. Yeah, but this truck is a little bit more expensive. It's about $50,000. Yeah, definitely too expensive for me, but it is a 2021. So I think it's a brand new truck. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson at a used car lot that didn't have too many used cars. If you're looking for more English and you wanna learn more about money, there's that live lesson I did all about vocabulary words, money. Check it out. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Whew. I thought I was doing pretty well on time, and then I looked like, what? 30 seconds? I didn't have any water. Now I have water, but now I'm a little out of breath. How's everyone doing today? This is your first time here. My name is Brent. This is American English with this guy. I'm this guy. And the goal of today's stream is to help you improve your English. Hopefully, over the next hour or so, your English will improve. Hey, I want to apologize yesterday. I had a few people reach out. Sean is here from Free 99 English. Mega, um, a lot of people <laughs> reached out. Luke, and uh, they were like, uh, everything Okay. Everything okay, Brent? Um, you're not going live. And I didn't realize. It was really early in the morning. If you saw the trailer I made, I was barely awake. And I got the date wrong. So I was actually in school all day while my stream was just waiting to start. So um, I saw Luke's message to me on Instagram. I think uh, 
around noontime or it might've been Facebook. I was like, Oh, let me fix that. But, but we're here. We're here today. Let me take a sip of water so I can catch my breath. Let's see. Chef Cat's here. Amin is here. How are you, Luke? There he is. Sita is here. Mariposa's here. How are you? Hey, before we get too far, I would like to thank Miho from Japan. I don't think, I didn't see her in here. I didn't see if anyone is in here. I was running around trying to get my my water, but she sent me this t-shirt, I believe this summer, right from Japan. So I do want to thank her if she's in here or if she watches. Hey, Mega, what is going on? Freddie Wolf is here from France. Yeah, I sprinted up the stairs to get my water. And then I sprinted back down. Sprinted is another way you can say you ran really fast, usually for a short period of time. So marathon runners, you know, they are running 26 miles. Yeah, we use miles here in the United States. They run 26 miles. They're not sprinting. They're running really fast, but those short distance runners, they sprint and I sprinted and I'm not a person who usually sprints, which is why I'm a little out of breath, but I am ready to answer your questions. So if this is your first time here, you now know my name, but you might be like, what are we doing here? Why is my daughter, why is my daughter commenting? She should be. She, she should be doing something else. I don't know what, but she should be doing something else. Ansley, you're, you're blocked. You're blocked. So um, I was a little thrown by my daughter being in the chat. I, I'm a little off my game right now. So if something catches you by surprise, you can say, whoa, I'm a little thrown now. I'm a little thrown off my game. I'd like to say, how do we though? He's from New York. I think he started school this past week. XEX, I'm probably saying your name wrong. I'm sorry, but thank you for becoming a channel member. Hello, how are you? Welcome. Look at this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, geez. This is uh, American English with this guy. Not Australian English with this guy. I don't. I know two of those words. I don't know about the third one. I think it's a different animal. Uh, but if, if this is your first time here, what happens is just leave your question about English or American culture right in the chat, and I will do my best to answer it. I probably won't skip it unless it's really hard, then I might just pretend I don't see it. But if I can answer it, I will put it up on the screen and uh, do my best to answer it. So we got a kangaroo, Joey, wallaby. Hmm. Let me, let me ask Mr. Google here. I think wallaby is a completely different animal. But now I'm looking up wallaby, and it looks like a picture of a kangaroo. Well, let's learn together. Let's learn together. I think I can screen share here. I'm curious myself. Let's check and see what a wallaby is. I'm sure there are some people in the chat saying, what? You're, you're an English teacher. I know what wallaby is. Let's go. Let's go. And okay, so here's the tough one for me, at least. Like when I look at that picture that's on the screen, I'm like, oh, that's a kangaroo. That's a kangaroo. 
A joey is a baby kangaroo, but what what the heck is a wallaby? Can we just call it a kangaroo? Probably not because English is so weird. Wallabies, I'm right here. Wallabies are members of the kangaroo clan. So a clan is another name for a family found primarily in Australia and on nearby islands. So it looks like they are slightly different for some reason. Maybe smaller? Whoa, look at this. Look at this right here. What's the difference? Ooh. Thank you, Mr. Google. Thank you, Uncle Google. What's the difference between a wallaby and a kangaroo? The most striking difference is their size. While a kangaroo can reach a towering two meters, their more petite relatives range from between 30 centimeters to just one meter. Petite, petite, that word right there, it's another, another way to say small. So in the United States, this is only for uh, women's clothing, but you might see pants. They might be long. They might be medium. They might be short or they might be petite. So if you are really, really short, you might wear petite pants. Petite. It's kind of fun to say. All right. Let's see here. Um, I thought pesky. Is pesky a big word? Yeah, we use pesky quite a bit. You know how, you know, when something is bothering you a little bit, we might also say it's a nuisance. How about this? Yesterday in my classroom, because I'm a teacher. I think the title of this video is a real English teacher. I've been teaching English for like 20 years. So yesterday in my classroom, right after recess, my students still get recess. We go outside. They play around. They usually just push and shove each other for the entire 20 minutes. That's what 14-year-old boys do. Not so much with the girls, but sometimes. But a fly got into my classroom. I would call that fly pesky. Is it going to hurt you? No. Is it bothering us? Yeah. It was difficult to concentrate. So pesky... Um, oh man, I I have a puppy. I have a puppy. He's generally good most days, but he can be a little pesky, a little pesky, just like always wanting attention. You know how puppies are, you know, maybe I have to get some work done. Maybe I want to edit a video for you, but this little guy, he wants attention. So pesky, pesky. Um, you can also... It's almost the same word, but a pest. Pest? It's almost like pesky. And a pest would be, let's say you had a mouse inside your house. I don't think you like mice in your house, do you? You might have to call pest control. You might see that here in the United States quite a bit. Pest control are the type of people that will come to your house and uh, get rid or eliminate those pests. Maybe you have a pesky groundhog. Oh, Luke, I think I saw on his Instagram, he had a pesky hedgehog in his garden. You know, is it, is it going to hurt you? No. 
Is it going to destroy your crops? Yeah. So we might call that pesky and we might call it a, a pest. Hey, I see Amina here. All right. Last week on the community tab, I put up a poll and I asked, would you like to see more grammar on this channel? And the last time I looked, 70% of the people who answered said yes, which surprised me, grammar. But to answer Amina's question, how can I improve my grammar and my vocabulary? My answer, and this is not universal. If something is universal, everybody agrees. This is not universal when we talk about English teachers. But I say, and this is what I do in my classroom, the more you read, the more you listen to native speakers, the more you will improve your grammar. Just this morning, I was on Instagram. One of my favorite ways to learn Italian is to read memes. Read memes on Instagram. So I was scrolling through my phone and I came to a part um, where it was a quiz on just a preposition in Italian. I have not really studied prepositions in Italian. I really haven't. But I try to do a lot of reading. And they gave me two choices. And I said, well, I always see, it was like da, it was da. I always see this with this verb. It was fare. So I'm like, that's probably it. I never studied it though. But because I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening in Italian, I just thought, ooh, I've seen that so many times. It's got to be right. And it was right. So I've mentioned this before. Errone. He sent me this. Grammatica Italiana per tutti. Thank you so much. Grazie mille. If he watches this, um, I look at it a little bit, the grammar, every so often. But most of my study, and I think Amina too, lots of listening, lots of reading. We call that input. You will learn it just by listening. Every so often, if you're confused about something or if you want to spend 10 or 15 minutes one day looking over a grammar book, that might be great, but I think you would enjoy listening for an hour rather than reading, a, in my opinion, a boring but necessary. It's, it's necessary. You got to spend a little time on grammar, but hopefully not the bulk of your study. Oh, Subway Surfer is Italian. Yeah, I, I love, um, they've been on the channel before, uh, Piazza Square Italiano. Um, yeah, so I, there are a lot of YouTube channels. That's what I do. That's why I started uh, learning English, uh, excuse me, that's why I started teaching English on YouTube is because I was finding so much help in Italian on YouTube. But thank you, Subway Surfer. Universal. Ooh, I think that is universal. That's how our brains work. More English surrounding you equals more English you know. Immersing is the key. Now, the people that I follow, the, the linguist that I like the most is Dr. Stephen Krashen. And he says exactly what XEX is saying is that get that language into your brain, immerse yourself. 
it almost sounds too easy, doesn't it? And it does. It takes a lot of time. We are talking years. We're not talking days or weeks. But, and it's interesting. We have some really, really good English speakers in here. Um, they can hold their own in an English conversation because I have spoken with them. I see Amina right here. She's in our weekly chats often. Uh, if you would like to become a member, there is a link there. And uh, last week I was able to join. I think I will be able to join this week. But some very good English speakers in there. It is not a struggle. Uh, Amina, uh, Shevket is in there. Uh, Luke is in there. Uh, Mega is in there. It's it's really good. You You definitely want to spend most of your time if you're at that intermediate level or beginner level, getting that input, getting that into you, at some point, you will want to find a speaking partner. I will have a video coming out on that soon of how to find a speaking partner who will have an easier time finding a speaking partner for free. What? How does Homer Simpson? This is a great question, Tom. I don't think I've ever gotten this one. And I'm not a Simpsons fan exactly. Every time I watch the show, I love it. I think it's brilliant. I just have not seen a lot of episodes. I do have a video on this channel about learning English with the Simpsons. You can check that out. Does Homer Simpson represent the average American middle class man? Um, I would have to say probably I know. So I'm 45. So I would say that I am middle aged. I'm also middle class. So I'm thinking of myself and I'm thinking of the friends I know. Um, Homer Simpson seems pretty discouraged with his job. I think, um, I don't know. I think Probably most Americans don't like their job. I think the friends that I have, all of them are, or at least most of them are happy with their job. So in my friend circle, I don't think he represents Americans that way. He likes donuts. I know that about him. I would say a lot of Americans like donuts. You might be able to tell. I've actually done some videos on donuts on this channel. More than I'd like to say. I know at least one, but I think two donuts. I think I've eaten donuts a couple times on the channel. Beer. Um, I, I know that Homer Simpson drinks a lot of beer. Um, I think Americans do, by and large, drink a lot of beer. He has a beer gut so or a beer belly. You know, when, when the, the belly gets a little bit big, you can call it a beer belly a beer gut, a spare tire. Um, I'll say a joke that uh, uh, he's passed away now, but a guy I used to uh, I used to work with, his name was Coach Turcott. He, he was my coach in high school. But he said, uh, he would say about Homer Simpson, he, he has a Dunlop. He has a Dunlop. Like, what? What's a Dunlop? <laughs> I don't even know how to spell Dunlop. It might be like this, I think. I'm going to have to write this out. Uh, 
His belly unlopped. This is not spelled. This is not a real word. Dunlop is not a real word. It's a, it's a joke in English here. His belly dunlopped over his belt. You might have to know English pretty well to understand that joke. But as I'm typing this. Yeah, so you can use that if you want to call a person um, who has a spare tire or a beer gut. You can say a Dunlop. He, he also has a Dunlop. Yeah, his belly Dunlopped over his belt. His belly Dunlopped over his belt. I hope that makes sense. When I first heard that, I laughed a lot. But if something lops, it kind of, actually, in my, in my English class, we're going to talk about lopsided. But if something lops, it, it could be lopping over. So maybe you have a, an ice cream cone. I'm going to talk about food. So the ice cream usually lops over the side of the cone probably kind of an advanced English word right there. All right. Chef cat from Turkey. He likes the Simpsons. All right. I hope that helps. I hope that helps. Let's see. Subway surfer, my new, my new Italian friend. Can you explain the difference between forbidden from and forbidden to? Thank you. Um, I would say that there isn't a whole, whole lot of difference. I do believe you'll hear probably simply forbidden you are forbidden to well yeah maybe you'll hear forbidden too so um i'm i'm forbidden to swear on this channel i just i just don't want to swear on this channel you can learn swear words elsewhere but i'm forbidden i have forbidden myself from swearing on this channel but i could easily say hey can i say i'm forbidden to swear yeah that's a good question. That's one of those preposition questions, right? Um, I don't know if I can give you a clear rule for that. I might go back to that lots of listening kind of thing where you will pick up on prepositions just by doing a lot of listening. And the good thing about prepositions, if you mix up, and I'm not even sure you can mix up, but if you mix up forbidden to and forbidden from, it will not affect the meaning whatsoever. Whoever you are speaking to, they will know exactly what you're saying. And it probably won't sound that different. It won't sound that strange to them. I'm forbidden to swear on this channel. I'm forbidden from swearing on this channel. So I did change the form of the verb on that. So... But I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't get too worried about that. But let's see. This is a good question here. Good question. We I don't I don't know how to recognize the word ocean and sea. Yeah, can you explain that? We absolutely use those two terms interchangeably. We really do. But there are five oceans, five oceans in the world. Is that true? Atlantic Pacific Arctic, Indian, am I missing one? Are there only four? Help me out with my geography. Antarctic, right? Are there, I think there are five oceans. 
so oceans are are the bigger the bigger ones and the seas like the caspian sea it's smaller so i believe all of them have salt water but i live by the ocean in maine but you will hear some of my friends we might say hey do mm. I don't think we would say, hey, do you want to go to the sea today? We would say, do you want to go to the ocean? But if there is a boat on the ocean, you might hear that boat is out to sea. So in some ways, we use ocean and sea interchangeably. If you want a real quick kind of rule, oceans are bigger. There are fewer fewer of them. Seas are a little more common. Salt water, I believe. Let's look that up. We have, we have Uncle Google here, but I think a sea is always salt water. And that doesn't mean the person you're speaking to um, would use it only in that way. But I don't think we would ever confuse lake and sea. Let's see. Why is the ocean salty? Let me see. I'll, I'll show you what I'm looking at here. Which ocean? Why is the ocean salty? We don't want that. We know, right? Okay. How about this? Wikipedia. Wikipedia is never wrong. Seawater or salt water is water from a sea or ocean. All right, so if you want to believe Wikipedia, salt water comes from the ocean and the sea. I believe oceans are bigger. Seas are smaller. Lakes, we would call that fresh water. Fresh water. All right, we hope that helps, my friend. Look at this. Yeah, so Mega, um, and I've known Mega for a little over a year now, and I remember her English last year and her English right now. She's doing something right because her English is really good right now. So I think she's at that level where she might be speaking more. You know, she probably has spent years of input. I wonder, I wonder, Mega, how, how many years have you been studying English? I know it's at least uh, a year and a half, but, but I imagine it's much more. So she's probably at that stage where she wants to do more speaking to improve her. She, she used the word fluency, the way your speech flows. Hey, one, one thing I would like to say to everybody, though, and I need to make a video on this, but I think a, I think a common problem with um, people who are learning English is they like to speak really quickly. They like to speak really quickly just so they sound a little bit better, right? I would, I would say almost everybody, you know, you could slow down a little bit. You could slow down. You don't have to rush your English. Um, so don't feel like you have to, you know, I think I'm talking a little bit slower than I would to my friends, but no, it, it's, it's, it's good to be understood rather than trying to rush it. So maybe everyone could slow down a little bit. Don't feel that pressure to have to speak 
quickly. Is this a question? Daria. Hi, teacher Brent. There's one thing I wonder, why do American people love spelling competitions so much? Oh, Daria, I wonder what your native language is. It's because I've wondered this, maybe Subway Surfer can help me. I've wondered this about Italian because almost every word in Italian sounds exactly like it's spelt. In English, and I know you've been studying for a while, English just does whatever it wants to when it spells, uh, when we spell. So um, there is a big culture of spelling bees. You might hear that spelling bees. It's actually on ESPN. It's on a sports channel once a year. There are these uh, teenagers, young teenagers, I think 13, 14 years old, maybe younger, and they compete to see who is the best speller. So it requires a lot of study. It requires a lot of knowledge about, big word coming up, the entomology of a word. And when I talk about entomology in English, it means where did that word come from? Did it come from the Latin? Did it come from the Greek? Yeah, I don't know, but um, I have I have watched a lot of, oh, sorry, I've watched a lot of spelling bee competitions. I, I like it. I don't know why. There's a lot of um, anticipation on who will win. A lot of people are nervous. There is a great documentary. It came out probably 20 years ago but it's called Spellbound and it is about, they follow six or seven teenagers throughout the competition. And uh, I, I enjoyed watching that. I've seen it a couple times. Ivana, Ivana is here from Poland. She is also a teacher. Semra, I'll say a big hey to Semra. Oh, look at this. All the people I know. Maria is here from Argentina. How are you? Welcome. All right, let me see here. Let me see here. You know what? There are a lot of, um, I don't do this often enough, but there are a lot of channel members in here. Let me just, let me just like five minutes. Let's go. Five minutes, channel members, get what you want to say out there, okay? I have switched it over to uh, channel members only. We'll do that for about five minutes just as a thank you to everyone who has become a channel member. And then we'll switch back to everyone else again you know it's just subscribers actually and the reason it's subscriber only it's if somebody wants to come in and mess with the chat and spam us they can't do it they have to subscribe they have to wait those five minutes then they can spam us so i figure if you want to spam us and you're willing to wait for five minutes spam away We'll get rid of you eventually, but you'll you'll have a little bit of time to spam. Spam. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Seas are more closed than oceans are. Yeah, those oceans, they're huge. It would take you days to get across in a boat, probably weeks, the Pacific Ocean. Um, and with seas... You might be do be able to do it in a day or so. Yeah, good point. Good point. I thought I saw a question here. Okay. 
Cecilia. Cecilia, also an English teacher. She left a resource down in there. I don't know this resource, but I trust Cecilia to be giving us good information. So check that out right there. All right, here we go, Maria. Here we go. Oh, Sita. Sita and Maria have a question. Which word do you use when you are in classroom at the beginning of class and you have to name all the students to see if they are present? Yeah, I say that I am I am taking attendance. Taking attendance. Yep. And I do it before every class. And sometimes I find students are missing because it's my job as a teacher to figure out who is there and who isn't there. If I'm not doing my job, one, oh, let's talk about, I'll be looking for questions here, but let's talk about something that happened in school this week. There is something going around on TikTok called the devious lick, a devious lick. Oh, you're welcome, Sita. And you know what a, you know what a devious lick is in English? YouTube. No, not YouTube. TikTok. This is what American students, who knows? It could be all over the world. This is what American students are doing in American schools right now. Devious licks. They are stealing things from the bathroom. At my daughter's school, it's a high school. A student, I believe it was a girl. She was a female student. She went into the girl's bathroom and ripped out the sink. Yeah, it damaged the pipes and everything. That was the devious lick. And then you put it on TikTok and everybody says, oh, wow, great job. Well, what, what is happening to this girl is she is getting charges pressed against her. So the police are involved. And she will probably have to pay a fine. She will probably have to pay to repair that sink. And in my school, middle school, so my students are 13 and 14 years old. Somebody ripped out the soap dispenser. It dispenses soap. You know, you push on it, get your soap. So somebody ripped out the soap dispenser. He videoed himself doing it. And then he put it up on his TikTok hashtag with his name. We also have cameras in my school. So he was caught. He was caught. (laughs) I don't know. Look, look it up on TikTok. Look up devious lick. And uh, yeah, he's, he's probably up there. I don't want to, uh, I, I can't, there are laws that prevent me from saying his name. So I don't want to get in trouble for that, but yeah, devious lick. Don't do it. I don't see that. I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? Why do, why do young people do these crazy things? I don't know, but I think if I was a teenager during TikTok, I don't know what I would do. I'm just, I'm just glad. Yes. It's a TikTok challenge. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad we didn't have social media back then. I, I probably wouldn't have a job as a teacher right now. I'm sure they would have 
Yeah, we call it a devious lick. A devious lick. I guess if you look up on TikTok, hashtag devious lick, you'll probably find a bunch of them. I don't have TikTok anymore. For a while, I had TikTok. It's American English with this guy on TikTok. I I think I know my password, but I, I got logged out and I'm like, I don't even need to anymore. You know, I don't even need to. Chevcat. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. TikTok is really dangerous area. I think YouTube had the same problem before 2012. In English, we call it an algorithm. And that is what determines the next thing you see, the algorithm. Uh, YouTube had a really bad algorithm before 2012. They change it after that. And I think Facebook and TikTok really need to change those algorithms because it's so easy to scroll just a couple videos and then it gets you politically. Politically, it might go way to the side of the Democrats, which is to the left, or way to the side of the Republicans, which is to the right. Yeah, I I, I do agree with Shevcat like, TikTok, you, you need to control yourself somehow. You need to control yourself somehow. All right, Mega says, in our hostel, we couldn't find who stole our things. Right, okay. That's a great point, Mega. So, so we have cameras in the hallways. In the United States, it is illegal to put a camera in the bathroom. So he filmed it himself. So that's why, that's why I have not seen the video, but we have a police officer at my school. So he was the one in charge of the investigation, but we do have cameras in the hallway and he walked out of the bathroom with the soap dispenser. And, you know, these, these students, they want to get that fame they want to become famous for these devious licks. So it's always very easy to find out who did it. They want everybody to know. But now that charges are being pressed, that might stop devious licks in my city, in the future at least. The other thing I have to watch out for, I see, I just started with my students. I've only had these students for three weeks now. And uh, one thing they, they try to do is steal a teacher's phone. I guess that's another devious lick. So I have to watch out for my phone. In years past, I don't think my students would steal from me. I don't think. These guys, I don't know. They seem like a great, great group, but uh, I don't know. All right, Mary, does the word ditzy have a negative connotation connotation that was one of the words that my classroom studied negative connotation ditzy definitely does have a negative connotation and it means um a little naive a little innocent and probably a little stupid yeah not very bright ditzy um, it does have a negative connotation, but it, it can be a little bit sweet too. 
Um, if somebody is ditzy, they're probably a very nice person. So in that way, it's not negative. But when you talk about their intelligence, how smart they are, yeah, it's not good. Ditsy, ditsy. Oh man, I'm so old. But uh, Three's Company. If anybody has seen that old TV show from the 70s, I watched it when I was a little kid. It still plays on American TV. But Suzanne Summers is the name of the actress who played Chrissy on Three's Company. And she was the typical ditzy blonde. A lot of times in the United States, maybe not now, but when I was growing up, blondes, people who had blonde hair were sometimes called ditzy. So yeah, negative connotation. And we know that blondes are every bit as smart as everyone else. All right. Hey, Brent. Thank you for your live. Oh, you're welcome. I love doing it. Um, oh, thank you. No question here. Just It, it just seems like um, the Kikyo is saying uh, thank you. Yeah, I absolutely love doing this. It makes me think I'm spending an hour helping, I don't know, by the end, uh, there are a few hundred views on this live stream and on the podcast too. So there is a podcast if you just want the audio. Maybe you're going on a walk and you don't want the video to have to, sometimes when I'm watching a video and I'm walking, the video skips. So there is a podcast. It's called Learn American English with this guy. This will be on the podcast probably tomorrow, probably tomorrow, but thank you. Thank you. I, I do love doing it because uh, the feedback I hear, some people say it helps. All right, Maria. Hello, dear teacher. What does the driver sat on her horn as we sped by? It could be as we sped by. There probably isn't an R there. All right. So usually like I'm sitting in this chair. Don't think of it like that. It just means the driver. You might also hear laid on their horn. It just means blew their horn for a really long time, you know, uh, uh, but they just, they just laid on the horn. Just, uh, they must've been mad. It makes me think that driver was very mad. Yeah. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. All right. Maria says talking about the Simpsons and Homer. I'm in family guys team. Oh, I have not watched family guy. Um, I think I would really like it. Seth McFarland. At one time, when I didn't have a beard and I was younger, some people thought I looked like Seth MacFarlane about 10 years ago. Seth MacFarlane. I think that guy is hilarious. I have seen interviews with him. Cracks me up. Cracks me up is a an English phrasal verb you can use instead of makes me laugh a lot. Well, Seth MacFarlane cracks me up. I think if I watch the uh, the Family Guy, I would probably crack up quite a bit. Yeah, Freddy. Whoops, I wanted to get Freddy there. Where's Fre where's Freddy? Where's Freddy's comment? There's Freddy's comment right there. That behavior is totally crazy. It makes no sense. I agree. I agree. Um, do you notice the way that Freddy and Freddy is from France? Freddy, the way Freddy uh, spelled behavior. 
is a very British way. I think a Canadian way. Hey, speaking of Canadian, Bob the Canadian is going to be going live in about 15 minutes. So I'm going to head over to Bob the Canadian's chat. Maybe I will see some of you over there. But even though um, that is the British way of spelling, Americans will know exactly what that means. There are a few books sometimes that get published with um, the British spelling. So no worries there. Summer's cooking. Oh, yeah. Hey, Maria, good question. I, I would like, I can't answer that question. Hopefully, Semra, hopefully, Semra will be answering that. Uh, it's probably, probably wise. Yeah. The, the, is it the ditzy one, Mary from Iran? Hope all is well in Iran today. I won't use it for describing a particularly sweet woman. No, no. Um, you know, maybe a sweet grandma. Uh, she's, she's a little ditzy. Um, you know, (laughs) I don't think anybody wants to be called ditzy. There are, there are certainly meaner ways to say someone is dumb, but, uh, yeah, you might want to say that a little bit negative there. Uh Oh, Joseph, Joseph says one. I'm not sure he does. Hmm. Joseph, I'm confused. One, one in English. We sometimes say one is the loneliest number. One is the loneliest number. I think that's a song from well before I was born. Hey, my buddy here. I mentioned Harone. I mentioned the uh, the book you gave me a while ago. I keep it right by my side. Oh, wait, hang on. Maybe this is Joseph's question right here. What is the difference between accurate and precise? Um, right, right at the beginning here, I would say there's no difference. There's no difference. If something is accurate, it's true. It's, it's, it's perfectly done. If something is precise, it's the same thing. So I do think you can use these pretty much interchangeably. However, I think precise is just a little more accurate. So let's say I was building a house. I could, I could never build a house, by the way. I don't, I can barely swing a hammer. I can barely swing a hammer. But let's say I wanted to build a house. I mean, you want those measurements to be accurate? You definitely do. But I think it would be better if they were precise. That means even more accurate. You don't want that house falling down. So precise, it's just a little bit more accurate. I hope that helps, Joseph. Hope that helps. Both mean about the same thing, though. Whoa, Maria. Thank you. So Bob the Canadian is not going live. I I forgot. He does take a few. um, I think he takes one week off each month. He's a hard worker. He definitely deserves it. Wait, what the heck is going on here? Joseph said one. XCX said two. I'm confused. Who's, who's going to say three now? Is that is that what's going on? Are we, are we counting in English? I'm going to put three right there. There you go. Three. I'm, I'm participating in a game that I don't know. What, I don't know. Is this it? All right. So Freddie also said, oh, yeah. 
you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, so he won't have a, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. All right. Hey, Freddie, I'm not big. On, there we go, Maria. Four. Hey, uh, I'm not big on spelling. Okay. I'm not big on spelling, but if we are, um, if you're taking a break from something, you would spell it like that if anybody cares. And then the other way, it would be more like um, in a car. Like um, that would be the, the, hang on. Did I just spell it? Yeah, that, that would be the brake pedal in a car that would stop you. So uh, we could, yeah, we could do that. I think we use do a head count to show the teacher is counting how many students are present at the time. Often on field trips, we will use that term. I just, I just need to do a quick head count to make sure we didn't leave anybody behind. So I might, I might be responsible for 20 students on our field trip. So we get on the bus and I might do a head count. Literally, you're just, you're just counting heads. All right, 20, 20 of you here? Yes, yes. All right, we can leave. We can leave. Five. Yeah, Chef Cat, let's go. Five. Five. Um, is the word literally same to really? Yeah, yeah. And Americans over the past, I don't know, five years, I'm guilty myself. Um, literally doesn't mean what it used to mean. Literally means it actually happened. So, um, let's go. I probably can't find it, but let's go back to that. Let's talk about literally here, but I want to use a statement that was already said. All right. I found it somehow, Maria. All right. The driver sat on her horn as we sped by. Like if she literally sat on her horn, she would, she would get up off her seat and put her butt on her horn. That's not literally what's happening. So that's the real meaning of literally. It means that it actually happened. So we often use literally the wrong way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So literally doesn't usually mean in English today in 2021 it doesn't actually mean what it means if that makes any sense we use literally all the time but not for what it's supposed to be oh is it okay let's see maria let me do my best pronunciation of literally that, and that's a that's a d sound by the way did you hear how i said that literally a lot of times in english that t it becomes a, a really soft T that sounds like a D. Literally, literally five. Five is Cecilia's favorite number. I don't know. My I think my favorite number is 28. We're a long ways from 28, but that's the day my wife, Jamie, and I say we met. Oh, dear. Um, Seattle. I So on my other channel, during the summer... When I wasn't teaching at school, I think we did. I know Amina was there for at least one, but maybe both of the lessons. We went through the 
American cities. I think we got to two. We did Boston and then we did Phoenix. And I think I was going to do Seattle after. I think because of Amina's request. When I, I have never been to Seattle, Washington, but when I think of Seattle, Washington, I think of a lot of green. I think of uh, nature, but also green as in recycling, good for the planet. So Seattle is a very liberal city from what I hear, mostly like democratic. So if you are a Democrat or you're a liberal, I think you would love Seattle. That's the vibe. That's the feeling I get from Seattle. They also have the uh, the Space Needle, just like Toronto has. Seattle also has one. They do have a huge fish market that's very famous. I would love to visit that one day. My favorite band, Dave Matthews Band, the guy the band is named for, he lives in Seattle. So Dave Matthews Band, not the whole band. They're from Virginia, but Dave Matthews lives in Seattle now. Not that I'm stalking him. And um, Starbucks is from Seattle. So that's all I know about Seattle off the top of my head. But if I find time, I would love to do a an in-depth lesson on Seattle. So it's a good city. I, the only city I've been to out west is pretty much San Francisco. And I know Maria has been there too. All right. All right. Okay. This has a negative connotation here. What does line your pockets mean? It basically means you're stealing. So if an owner has a business, maybe they don't pay taxes and they keep more money than they should. They're lining their pockets. They're like, what? Wish. Oh, I wish you had answered my question. I wish you would put the, I just, if you put the question there, I would have answered it. I missed it. I'm sorry. Just, um, ask it again. Marco, what's going on? Ah, Danny. Hi to Danny. Hi to Marco. Welcome. Welcome. Mohammed. Hope you're doing well today. Ooh, Joseph, this is a tough one. What's the difference between fundamental and crucial? Well, fundamental, it means like down to the basics. Like if somebody was studying fundamental math, it would be like the the basic part of math. Like maybe maybe the most important, but um, fundamental is a... See how can I, how else can I use it in a sentence? Fundamentally, it's like at the basics, the bare bones of something. Fundamental, uh, crucial means very important. So it's crucial that you drink sixty-four liters of water a day. I think that's a lot of water. I think I mean ounces, sixty-four ounces of water a day. I think if you drank sixty-four liters, you might you might die. Might be too much water. So I hope that helps. Like fundamental is actually really tough to describe. But again, I will just say it's like at its most basic level, fundamental. Um, a fundamental part of studying English would be to find the time. 
like that that's at its most basic like without doing that you can't study english you need to find the time it's a it's a fundamental part of learning english hope that helps yeah i don't know um from what i've heard ario from indonesia hope everything's well um why is um mr bob not doing a q and a i think what he said is one saturday a month he wants to take a, a break and he wants to spend a little bit more time with his family because he's also a teacher like I am. Um, I, th I think his class load is a little bit less this fall, but he is a full-time teacher and he's also uh, almost a full-time farmer. You know, I think his wife does the bulk of the work, but I know he helps out a lot and he has five children. So Mr. Bob is a busy man and definitely deserves that break. So Maria says, yeah, I've been to San Francisco and Oakland because actually my uncle lives in Oakland. Oh, I thought he was back in Argentina, which is around 20 minutes away and you can get there by BART. Yeah. That's what they call their subway in San Francisco, the BART. What is it? The Bay area rapid transit I think it stands for. So BART is an acronym. So each one of the letters in BART stand for a bigger word. Bay Area. So the Bay Area is San Francisco, Oakland. I think I bet I bet Maria has probably been to San Jose too. San Jose is another big city. I think about 30 minutes south of San Francisco. San Jose, a lot of uh, tech companies. A lot of big banks are in San Jose. All right, Alina. Hope everything's well there. You mentioned in the live lesson with Karis. Yeah, check out Karis's channel. American, no, English, English Arts Academy with Karis. Um, that you went on a long trip to go to your favorite band's concert, right? Have you ever been to another band's concert or you would like to go? Well... If you follow me on Instagram, it's American English with this guy. Clever, clever name, huh? American English with this guy on Instagram. Last night, I actually went to a concert. Yeah, um, it's the Trey Anastasio band. The man's name is Trey Anastasio. He's in another band called Fish. These are like really, really American bands. I don't think they tour anywhere else outside of the, the United States fish. But yeah, I went to a concert last night. Yeah, with my buddy, my buddy, Matt. I don't think Matt is watching, but if he ever watches this, what's up, Matt? Freddie Wolf. Yeah, so I hope that answers your question, Elena. Um, if you watch the road trip series that I did, there's a series of four videos. Um, I went to visit, or I went to see that concert. You know what? Before I forget, I need to, speaking of road trips, I need to pick a winner for the book on Pennsylvania. Let me do that. Freddie, let me get right back to you, okay? And let me share this. I'll, I'm going to keep the question on the screen so I don't forget. But I do want to share the screen so we can pick a winner here. Is this correct? I think I'm sharing this now. Yes. So on the, um, was it part two? Yeah. 
part two, there is a booklet about the state of Pennsylvania. And in the comments, I asked, hey, just write book in the comments and you will be entered to win. And um, I need to thank you for reminding me about that, Elena. I need to uh, pick a winner. So here we go. I'm going to hit the hit this little box here with my cursor. And then we'll pick a winner. As long as the comment says book, who's the winner? Hopefully they're in the chat. Ooh, Linda is not in the chat. I haven't seen her from Italy, but I do know how to get in contact with her. She is a channel member. She's on Discord. I did send her a private message on Discord. Linda, if you're watching this, you have not answered me for a couple of weeks. Maybe she doesn't know how to check um, her private messages on Discord, or maybe she doesn't want to talk to me. But I can't remember. I, I said, I can't remember what I said to her, but it was something obviously private because I didn't send it to the whole, to the whole group. Can't remember. I did get a lot of private messages yesterday on the Discord. People saying, oh no, are you okay? Why aren't you going live? Oops, wrong day, wrong day. Finally, finally figured that out. All right, Freddie Wolf from France, snap out of it. What does it mean to snap out of it? Let me take a little drink here. Snap out of it. Um, there's a famous movie. I can't remember what it's called, but Share. She was a very famous singer. I think my mom really likes her. She's a bit older. She's like, snap out of it. Snap out of it. So this person was not in their right mind. They were kind of going crazy. So if you want someone to snap out of it, it means stop thinking that way. Like this, this is a snap, right? You know, snap. So snap out of it. It means quickly change the way you're thinking. Okay, snap out of it. Ooh, almost snapped my microphone right there. Snap out of it. Snap out. Of it. Let's see a couple. Hey, happy listening English for two years. All right. Hey, um, two years is not a long time uh, when studying English. So um, I would just say keep giving it time. And that does look like the Indian flag on your profile. So what I would say is that you're, I, I know there are over a hundred languages in India, but if you speak something like Hindi, okay, it's a totally different script, totally different script. It's not as related to English as French or Portuguese or Spanish or Italian. So someone who is a native speaker of Italian, they might, they might learn English more quickly than someone whose native language is, is Russian or Hindi or Japanese or Korean or Persian because, or Turkish, because those languages are so different from English. So don't feel badly. I've been studying, uh, I've, I have been studying Italian for a little over two years and I still can't speak with confidence, but it will come. You just need to uh, keep pushing through, keep trying to spend as much time as you can with the language and it will happen. I promise it will happen. Um, 
And the other thing is two years, how many hours a day have you been studying? You know, if it's an hour a day for two years, that's a lot of hours. But if you haven't been able to study every day and it's a couple hours a week, you know, it will take a little longer. So um, it's tough. Just just keep at it. And if you like doing it, I hope you do. You said you've been happily listening. So um, keep finding things that you like, you know, keep watching this channel. I give a plug for Bob the Canadian. He plugs me enough. So Bob the Canadian, also a channel I truly adore. I watch almost all of Bob the Canadian's videos. And I have, oh man, I think I just hit 150 different videos on this channel. So you can go through my videos, watch them. Lots of good English teachers out there to listen to podcasts. No, that's what, no, that's what I know. That's what you think. Aaron, he says, no, that's what I know. And, um, since I started school for the last three weeks, I felt really bad. The only Italian that I've been studying and it's, it's fun though. It's fun. And I'm getting better at it is reading memes. Reading memes on Instagram is how I've been reading uh, my Italian. I need to get back to it today, though. I got some time today. I need to make another English lesson. All right. I hope you all have enjoyed this. I hope your English is just a little bit better than it was an hour ago. Yeah, we've been going for, for an hour. So, uh-oh. Want to figure out the difference to protect against and protect from you know, thanks, Chef Cat. There isn't a whole lot of difference. This is, again, it's just a very small um, preposition difference. Um, um, I put on bug spray to protect against bugs. I don't want to get bit. Um, I'm wearing a mask to protect myself from C-19. I can't, I can't say it. I can't say the actual name of that thing that shut down the world because uh, YouTube gets mad when I do. So I hope that helps. It's, it's very minor difference. And again, I would say, you know, if you, if there is a wrong way to use those two prepositions, it's not going to be a big deal. I hope that yes, Turkish, I have studied a little bit of Turkish, even though it looks like Latin script just like English. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You get the sentence structure is totally different. There are very few words that we have in common. Yeah, very difficult. And I applaud anyone who is a native Turkish speaker. I know Shevket is, I know Semra is, and I've spoken with both of them. Their English is amazing. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, Thank you so much. Thank you, Amina. Got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. I don't, I don't ignore. I don't ignore. There's, there's a lot of questions that come through and I'm just do my best. Just do my best. So hope everyone had a good hour. Hopefully your English is that much better. I think I can go again next Saturday. So maybe I'll see you again next Saturday. Thank you so much. Some of my favorite hours of the week are spent here online with you. Thank you so much. Adios, amigos.